teammates. Welcome to Season 2 of the Journeys Through Leadership Podcast. I am your host, Chief Master Sergeant Denny Richardson, New York State Command Chief. No matter what stage in your life or career you are currently at, your journey does not stop. Leadership is a journey. It has no end, but it starts somewhere. It's time. Are you ready to journey through leadership? Hello again, teammates. Welcome to Episode 11 of the JTL Podcast. I'm your host, Chief Master Sergeant Denny Richardson, New York State Command Chief. In this episode, we will continue our New York Air National Guard outreach around the state. And I'm happy to have with us today a member for, from the 109th Airlift Wing in Scotia, New York. Please join me in welcoming Senior Airman Carly Foster. Welcome, Airman Foster, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Chief. Happy to be here. Such an honor. All right. Yeah. So uh, you ready to kick this off? Let's do it. All right. I'm ready. I'm excited. I'm pumped. <laughs> oh, yeah. Me too. Getting there. The nerves are slowly shaking yeah, away. All but... right. Okay. <laughs> You're amongst uh, family and friends here. So. I right. love it. <laughs> all right. So let's get to know you a little bit better. Uh, remove the rank. Uh, who is Carly Foster? All right. So this is a good interview question. <laughs> Starting off strong. So I'm uh, I'm 22, just starting out in life, you know, figuring out how to become an adult. Uh, I'm a college student. I work here full time on base. I'm a sister. I have a younger brother who, you know, I'm just trying to set a good example for. I recently got a puppy, so that's exciting. But uh, that pretty much sums it up. No kids, not there yet. So, <laughs> uh, what kind of puppy? A golden doodle. Oh, golden doodle. Yes, oh. he's uh, about four months. No, oh, too cute. Super fluffy. Nice. <laughs> uh, college, you say? Uh, what are you studying? So right now, my degree is in um, emergency management and homeland security. However, I'm thinking about switching it up. Uh, I've got about 20 credits left, so oh, okay. it's a risky decision. But it, it, it is, it, you know, and uh, you, you know, at, at 22, you, you have time. Right. Yes, sir. <laughs> you know, so we, we've all been through that where we didn't get it right when I first go around. So uh, so so you got a lot of time to think about it. So a hundred percent. Good stuff. So any uh, any uh, hobbies? Hobbies. Uh, I love spending my time outdoors when I'm home. I travel a lot for work, but when I'm here, I'm normally on the lake or hiking, uh, catching all the sun rays I can before winter. <laughs> yeah, because you know it's right around the corner. Right. We're, uh, we're spoiled right now. but <laughs> so, uh, so uh, let's talk about your career path and uh, what made you uh, decide to join the Air National Guard. Okay. So originally, I actually wanted to join active duty. Uh, both my grandparents are retired Air Force. My grandpa retired active after 20 years. My grandma uh, was active, and then she actually worked here at the 109th. So I got the privilege to grow up going to summer camp here, doing all that fun stuff. So it was kind of just ingrained in me huh. from a young age, oh. you know. All right. We bleed blue. Yeah, bleed blue. I like it though. So, so did they? Did they have to, to push you towards it, or was something? Oh, that you not to at do? all. They had nope. Did not push. <laughs> I walked right in that recruiter's office and basically <laughs> demanded a position. <laughs> um. So originally, I did want to join active. However, in my youth, I had some family issues. Uh, my mom got into a bad relationship. I'll skip the details. Hmm. But uh, it led to some issues in my packet when I went to MEPS. So they were like, you know, we don't think you're ready for active duty. That might be a lot hmm. at this time, but uh, we'll we'll let you join the Guard. 
Huh. So I was like, okay. They're like, it's a part-time wow. commitment. Thanks. It might not be as stressful. Yeah. I was like, well, thank you. Thank so here you. I am. Thank you, active duty. Right. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. My goodness. Yep. <laughs> so you mentioned uh, your your grandma. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I know her. Deb, Maybe. Deb Foster. Oh, yes. Uh, you know, she was a staple when I came here in mm-hmm. uh, 1997. Uh, she, uh, one thing I remember about uh, Deb Foster was her, uh, her, her attitude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she had the best attitude you know it almost seemed like she would never have a bad day but she was so uh not only you know smart at her job you know but she was so willing to help you mm-hmm. you know i remember several occasions i needed some help and she was always there and she always had the answer for everything so um so what a what an awesome role oh, model yeah. to have <laughs> right 100 percent, chief uh my grandma's my best friend we're super close mm-hmm. uh so every day you know i strive to be a little bit more like her she's so poised like you said a go-getter always got that high energy and that hasn't changed at all no even when in retirement she's sassy as ever so <laughs> all right well i'm giving a shout out uh, to uh, deb foster so thank you uh, thank you for your service um and thank you uh, for giving us your granddaughter you know to get to continue to carry on your legacy so um, greatly appreciate it the foster name lives on at the 109 Woohoo. <laughs> Oh, man. So um, what is your current career field uh, here at the 109? All right. So I know you said current, but I'm going to rewind a little bit. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Originally, when I joined the 109th, I started off as a 3-Echo-9 emergency manager, Seaburn. Oh, yeah. Super (laughs) exciting, I know. Uh, However, I wasn't back at the wing maybe six months before I got my current position on the CST. So for those of you that don't know, the CSTs are Weapons of Mass Destruction Civil Support Teams. So basically, every state has at least one team. Some have two. New York happens to be one with two teams. So we have one here on Stratton, and then we have another CST uh, in Brooklyn on Fort Hamilton. Basically, what the CSTs are, it's a joint unit. So 24, oh, excuse me, 22 personnel total, four of which are Air Force, 18 of which are Army. And basically, we're supposed to be Seaburn subject matter experts, and our main job is to assist civil authorities if we are ever attacked or have threats domestically. Mm. That was a mouthful. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's uh, extremely important. Um you know, a position uh, that you're holding. So, uh, you know, specifically within the CST, what is your duties and responsibilities? So my duties, I'm a survey team member. Basically, the survey team are they're the hazmat technicians that go downrange if we get a call. So, for instance, we actually had a real world uh, recently in Schenectady. State fire guys called us up and we we're like, we have this situation. We're not sure what the substance is. Can you send your guys down here and go downrange? Hmm. So we put on our big balloon suits, our level A's, <laughs> and our gas masks, all that good stuff, and we go downrange and try to figure out what the what the heck is down wow. there. Man, that's that's exciting. Uh, it, and so this career field, you did you choose this career field, or did you? It kind of chose me. It chose you, chief. <laughs> yeah. So originally, I wanted to be security forces. And my recruiter was like, hmm, I think you could do better than that. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, he was like, still in the civil realm. Maybe you'll like emergency management. 
was like, why not? Sign me up. <laughs> and then when the CST slot opened, it kind of just made sense for me uh, since I already have that Seaburn knowledge and background. Right. Wow. Good stuff. Yeah, sounds like it's a perfect fit right now. So far, it's working so, out, So far, so good. All yep. right. <laughs> All right. Now, um, how long have you been serving? Ooh, two years. So Coming two, up on two years. Two years. Wild, oh, I know. Oh, man. Yeah, but you're so poised, you know. I, I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm across from you, and I'm like, man, you know, I know she's been serving more than, more than two <laughs> years, you know, because it seemed like you got it all together and you I got try. it all figured out. So, I you know, try. That's awesome. I get so, it from my gram. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, so two years. 22 years old. I, I know you're, you know, just starting this journey out. Um, what, what do you, what would you say is your biggest achievement or experience at this point in your very, very young career? So. Biggest achievement. It's an easy one. Um, humble brag, but I got top BMT grad. So out of roughly 600 airmen, uh, my collective scores were the highest. And normally it's like, okay, that's great. That's Nice shadow box, whatever. But it meant so much to me considering at MEPS they said that, you know, I wasn't fit for active duty. Here I am put up against active duty members, Mm -hmm. guard, reserve, and I still came out on top. Uh, So that really kind of put the fire under my butt to be the best airman possible. Man, that is a huge accomplishment. And, you know, we uh, I'm going to put it in a little more – you know, perspective for you, you know, we rarely see them in New York, um, in, in the Air National Guard, uh, you know, so uh, you going there and competing against it, you know, active duty, reserve and guard and coming out um, as the top uh, in all categories, <laughs> you know, is just a huge accomplishment, you know, and now I see why at two years in, you're sitting across from me all poison and everything because you're, you're, you're destined for this. You know? Thank you, Chief. You know, it feels like this is your calling, you know, and I cannot wait to see where you are in the next five, the next, in the next 10 years, you know, all I, gas, no brakes. Yeah, <laughs> Cause I, I think there's a lot more achievements coming for, for Carly Foster. And, and, uh, that's not only good for Carly, that's, that's good for us. That's good for the A&G enterprise. So that's know. my hope, sir. Yeah. Job well done. Um, yeah. All right. So what do you like most about being in the military and how do you stay motivated to perform at a high level? Miss Miss Top Grad. Oh boy, oh boy, <laughs> big expectations now, huh? Shouldn't have said that. But uh, yeah, like I said, military, the military way of life has just been, you know, harped at me since a young age. So I've always wanted to be a part of something bigger. I've always wanted to fully enjoy that team mentality after high school, after college, you know, because one day those sports teams, you can't be on them anymore, right? You got to move to the next thing. So. You get that environment here in the military, especially at the 109th, mm-hmm. being such a small installation. It's so easy to network, make a name for yourself, create those long-lasting relationships that you might not get civilian side. Mm-hmm. And then to answer the second part of your question, how do I stay motivated? Well, sir, I think it is critical and crucial to set goals, whether that's a two-week goal a two-year goal or a 20-year goal. You have to have goals. You have to have something you're striving for because if you're not, if you don't have a target you're chasing, right, what are you doing? You're just going through the motions. Mm-hmm. So goals are critical. In addition to that, you have to set a standard 
and expectations for yourself and hold yourself accountable. Um, no one, I mean, sure, your supervisors might hold you accountable, but at the end of the day, it's your responsibility to get your career to where you want it to be. Spoken like a true top grad. Thank well, you. well said. That's that's awesome. And it, you know what? You, uh, you know, in your answer, as I'm listening to you, uh, you not only know your why, but I think you know your purpose. That you know, you know your purpose for wanting to stay and wanting to continue to serve. You know, so you you have you have your goals all lined up. You have your objectives all set. You know, and. And I think you know your path to achieve, you know, your goals and, and your objectives. And and that's knowing your purpose. And, um, man, <laughs> at 22, I wish I knew my purpose because <laughs> I sure didn't. So, uh, But that is awesome. And uh, you mentioned about expectations. And we hear people say all the time, you know, hey, what's expected of you? Uh, you know, but you're holding yourself accountable, you know, to, to your own expectations and to your own standard. And, uh, and, you know, having that character, uh, you know, is, is huge, you know, so, you know, you're not deflecting, you know, so you're setting yourself up so that, it, you know, whatever happens, whether it's, you know, negative out there, you don't deflect, you don't say that that happens because of, you know, uh, because of this person or because of this agency or because of this section, you know, you're the type of person that's looking at it and you're asking yourself this, you're asking yourself three questions, just saying, you know, <clears throat> what could I have done to stop that from happening? What did I do to cause that from happening? And what am I going to do so that it doesn't happen again? You know, that's holding yourself accountable and, uh, you, and that's what you're doing. So, you know, my hat's off to you for that. Thank you, Chief. A hundred percent. If I could just add to that, mm-hmm. you know, you have to take challenges and turn them into opportunities for yourself. Uh, some historical examples of that. General George Patton, he had dyslexia. Didn't let that stop him. Mm-hmm. General Douglas MacArthur, uh, his application to West Point was actually denied twice. So two times he was rejected and that third time, you know, he oh. had success. Huh. So you got to stay persistent. Wow. <laughs> well, you dropping knowledge in here. Um, <laughs> I might I might switch this table and uh, put you on this side of the table. Oh, no, no thanks. Yeah. That, that's your seat. You look real good over there. <laughs> oh, it's your man. thing. I'm just happy to be here. I've been told I have a face for radio. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I might as well use it. I don't yeah. know if that's a compliment <laughs> or an insult, but we'll, <laughs> we'll keep going with it. <laughs> Oh, man. Good stuff. Um, so um, you talked about challenges. Um, so have you what challenges have you faced and how have you uh, overcame them? So other than, you know, past personal things that I've already mentioned, uh, in addition, you know, being a part of a joint unit, I'm Air Force in the minority. We're only four to 18 in an army unit. So that alone comes with a set of challenges trying mm-hmm. to adapt to that culture. Um, it's, I'm still working on it. Truthfully, I've yeah. been on the CST for a year, so we're still working out the kinks, but, uh, I know the, the purple book just came out. So yeah. I look forward to reading that. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it definitely is. Uh, it, it's different. I work with army as well, and it's just a different language. Uh, you know, it's not good. It's not bad. It, it's just different. Right. Uh, you know, and just understanding, you know, how they go about, uh, making decisions and mm-hmm. you know and processing information it's just different than what the the air force but at the end of the day the end goal is still the same right. you know and that's uh, accomplishing the mission um you know we just have different 
the routes, you know, to take uh, to actually get there. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but that's going to make you because, you know, here's the thing. Not a lot of folks have the opportunity that this early in their career to be in a joint environment like that. Right. Uh, you know, so uh, so you have that opportunity right now and you're taking full advantage of it, you know, which, which is awesome. Yeah. Yep. Just yeah. can't forget my Air Force roots. You know, no, you, you know what? You, you said you bleed blue. And um, I think you have you know uh, someone at home uh, that will make sure that you're you mm-hmm. stay online and, and you continue and you continue to bleed blue. Just so. don't forget about me over there. <laughs> no, we got you. <laughs> um, so what advice would you give uh, to other members looking to follow in your footsteps? Okay. I've already hit on some of these, but we'll yeah. really just hammer them home. Hammer them home. That's right. So, again, setting goals, that's critical. Second, you need to not only find a mentor, but you yourself need to be a mentor as well. Um, because no one's perfect, Right. We don't know everything. So there's knowledge in your head, regardless of rank, regardless of time and service, that somebody else might not be privy to. Um, So just do your due diligence, make those connections, make those relationships. And you need strong people outside of your unit. And then third, take your career into your own hands. Um, This kind of goes along with me being Air Force in an Army unit. Um. There's not a lot of people that are well-informed on how Air Force promotions work or the regulations, annual requirements that I have to keep up with. So even though I'm lower enlisted over there, I have to, you know, if I want to stay relevant Air Force side, I need to take my career into my own hands, do my own research, make sure that everything's up to par. You can't sit around and wait for your supervisor to make things happen for you. You know, obviously you don't jump the chain of command, but um, just do your research. Mm -hmm. Make sure you are as well educated as you can possibly be. Uh, That way you don't miss any opportunities. Wow. Man, that's that's awesome. So um, uh, you're mentoring folks? Uh, I mean... Indirectly, yeah, sure. Indirectly, yeah. So, you know, nothing formal. You know, right. cause I, you know, some of the best mentorship happens informally. Yeah. That, you know, sitting around the table, you know, so you don't know it, but right now you're mentoring me. Exactly. That, you know, so we're having, <laughs> we're having a mentor conversation right now. Oh, you know, don't you, inflate my ego, chief. No, nah, you gave me, you gave me a couple of quotes there, <laughs> you know, um, that, um, a couple of examples uh, for the challenges that leaders overcame that, you know, that I'm going to actually go back and listen to. So, uh, so yeah, you're mentoring me right now. You know? <laughs> Yeah, that's good stuff. <laughs> Glad to hear it. <laughs> All right. So here's a question that is near and dear to my heart. And I'm sure we want to know. And I believe this question here, we actually talk about this during the uh, ADC. Um, and I think your response to it um, you know, prompted me to say, you know what, you, you, need, you need to come onto the podcast and, you know, and you need to tell your story. So, so what do you expect uh, from your leaders? Oh, I'm so glad you asked, Chief, because <laughs> I could go on about this forever. Uh, so first, I would like to start off with a quote. This is actually from an Army Doctrine 6-22, and it says, Leadership is the process of influencing people by providing purpose, direction, and motivation to accomplish the mission and improve the organization. Okay, so not anywhere in there does it say you have to micromanage or you have to tell people how to do their job. Hmm. You know, it, it says that you need to, again, with what I said earlier, create goals, 
set and maintain standards, reinforce success, foster an environment for critical thinking. Um, I truly believe that good leaders trust their people um, because they realize that they are not subject matter experts in everything. And that's why you have people underneath you who specialize in those jobs, in those areas, and they know who to go for go to for um, advice, basically, mm. for that subject matter expertise. And then one of the most important ones is doing what's right. To throw another quote in there, Mark Twain said, It is curious that physical courage should be so common in the world and moral courage is so rare. Just think about that for a second. Hmm. Let that really marinate. Hmm. So everyone can be quick to jump the gun, say, I'm the fittest, I'm the strongest, I'm the most tactically proficient. But at the end of the day, what's going to set you apart from others is being a good person, doing what's right. Hmm. Such a simple thing that I feel like we need to focus on just a bit more. Um, and then to add on that, I want to give a shout out to uh, Chief Mahalko. Huh. He might see this coming. He might not. I don't know. But <laughs> he really places emphasis on soldier and airman care. Uh, in my eyes, he's the epitome of a leader. He is completely transparent. I remember... One of my first times here on base, he was open and he was like, listen, you might have heard this about me. I had a rough start at the beginning of my career, but now look at me. So don't let, again, to go back to the challenges, don't mm-hmm. let your challenges or your adversity define you. He genuinely cares and he believes that he works for his airmen. So that just, you know. Not only is he a great supervisor, but he's a great person. And it's leaders like that that subordinates will follow endlessly to the ends of the earth. I'd follow him no matter (laughs) what he said because I know in the past he had my back. He genuinely cared about my career, my education, my needs over his. Wow. I'm following them too. I, you know, you got room on that bandwagon? <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> got tons of room. I'm jumping on the Chief Mahalgo bandwagon. So, you know, I, I've been a fan of his uh, for, uh, for for quite some time. And uh, of course, you know, he's now over at headquarters. Yes. And uh, he's yep. working over at headquarters. And, you know, to me, that's, that's the biggest, you know, compliment that a chief or a leader can get from from a younger airman. Uh, so so thank you very much uh, for for speaking about him uh, so so passionately. Oh, of course. Um, you know, and everything you said is um, is completely real, and you know, and it's the it's the truth about uh, Chief Mahalcom. So yeah, he, he's one and only. I haven't met another one of them yet. Uh, so all right, Chief Mahalco. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to have you on the podcast. Um, I think you got a, a lot to offer out there. So, uh, so we'll see. But here's a shout out to uh, Chief Greg Mahalko. Thank you for what you do. <clears throat> Phew, that was a lot. That was. <laughs> you know what? That was a mic drop moment. It really was. You know, it's, um, I wrote a lot down here. And, uh, man, that's, that's some good I, stuff. I get going. I start talking fast, man, Chief. Slow uh, me down if you got it. No, no. It's all good. Um, like I said, I'm being mentored in here today. So this, is, this is awesome. <laughs> So, um, so what's next uh, for Carly Foster? What's, what does the future hold um, or what would you like to accomplish? What's next for me? So talking about goals, right? My ultimate goal is to commission. Uh, originally, I wanted to commission for security forces just because uh, 
not to air out any dirty laundry, but I feel like it's a squadron that could use some work, whether that makes me friends or not. Oh, well. <laughs> but um, as of right now, I'm trying to finish my degree. There may or may not be a commissioning opportunity within the CST for me in the future. So we'll see how that goes. But that's the end goal, Chief. I want to commission. I want to be able to lead, influence, and help airmen like Chief Malco helped me. Wow. Well, that's awesome. And, man, listen, every uh, successful officer uh, that, that I've met uh, was uh, once enlisted. Not, not every. So there's there's a few out there that um, – uh, that I have a great deal of respect for, but majority of the officers who were enlisted first, uh, they make phenomenal uh, leaders and they make phenomenal officers. So, you know, one of them, I was just sitting here talking to uh, Captain Joye. Uh, mm-hmm. So Captain Joye is a phenomenal uh, officer, you know, but he spent time as an enlisted person. Um, I believe he was all the way up to the rank of tech sergeant uh, mm-hmm. to E6 before he commissioned over. So, uh, but when you talk to him and you, and you, and you listen uh, to, you know, his thoughts and his ideas, you know, it's like, you know, he gets it. He understands the the enlisted force, you know, and, and as officers, that's what you're there for. You're there to, you know, to get the most out of that enlisted force, to motivate and inspire them to go out and achieve, you know, set, you know, goals and, and objectives. So, 100%. Uh, yeah. So and uh, I think you're going to be a phenomenal officer. Thank you. Uh, you that know, means a lot. And I want to be there to give you your first salute. Oh, my grandma might have to fight you. Oh my gosh, that's right. <laughs> I forgot about that. You know, all right, she can give you the retiree salute. I can give okay. you the skilled servant there salute. We How's go. that? We, that we, works we can cheap. compromise. All right, I'll let her go first. So, <laughs> all right, good stuff. So, um, how you doing? You hanging in there? Oh yeah, doing great. Yeah, no, this is this has been a uh, phenomenal uh, episode, and um, I greatly appreciate you being here. So, um, let's close this out. So, uh, let's what do closing uh, comments or uh, thoughts? Uh, would you like to leave with our listeners today? All right. So I know I've said it a lot, but we're going to hit it again. Do it. Create those goals and do not wait for your supervisor or anyone else to help develop your career. Look for those opportunities. Okay. You need to be your own advocate. No one is going to, you know, chase your dreams for you. You got to do it yourself. That's what all I got, Chief. Wow, that that's enough. You know, that's a that's a powerful statement, um, and you're absolutely right. It's extremely important to to look after yourself. That you know, because um, that you know, you are no no one else is important uh, to uh, to you and your career than yourself. So so well said. Thank you. All right, well, teamies, uh, that's it for episode eleven of season two. Uh, Carly, um, I thank you uh, for the conversation today and your willingness to share your story. Keep shining and doing awesome things. And I'm sure your path will be filled with the rewards of success. Uh, Much respect to you. Thank you, Chief. All right. Teammates, another successful recording session complete. As always, a shout out to the one on Light Airlift Wing public affairs section, um, especially the person behind the scenes, uh, keeping us organized and on point. (laughs) Sergeant, Master Sergeant, excuse me, Jamie Spaulding. Uh, Thank you. Um, Until the next JTL episode, I leave you with a quote. From Theodore Roosevelt, it is hard to fail, but it is worse never to have tried to succeed. Keep aiming high, teammates. Chief out.